Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. In our current series, we are walking through the Psalms, focusing not only on what they say, but also how they are an expression of worship. We are noting how the Psalms encourage us to praise God for who He is and what He has done. We point out the greatness of God and recognize His faithfulness to us in times of trouble. In other words, we praise God, learn of Him, and celebrate His goodness. Thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim and Erica have a conversation as we walk through the scriptures, focusing today on Psalms 103. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. We are, as Erica said, in Psalms 103, and I am Kim Miller alongside Erica Close. Hello, everyone. And we are excited about what the Lord is going to show us today in Psalms 103. I will read the first half, and then Erica will read the last half, and then we will discuss it. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask that you would just have your way in these scriptures as we read them, Lord, and as they become part of who we are and become what we are thinking about and focusing on. We would ask that you would help each one of us to get from this what you would have us to get from it. Lord, I may it inspire us and motivate us to be more for you than we've ever been before. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Verse 1 of Psalms 103 and continuing. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord 
is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all ye works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, I think there's such beautiful thoughts in this passage, and I'm going to just jump in the middle, even though I know we'll go back and start in the beginning, but I love that he says, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities in verse 10. We didn't get what we deserved. Instead, we got the mercy he talks about uh, previously in 9. And I just love the fact that in 8 and 9, he says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. I love that. And we see that when he doesn't require us to pay the penalty for our sins. Absolutely, absolutely. I love this this whole passage, this whole psalm to me. You know, it starts out, as many of the psalms do, with, with blessings, you know, blessing the Lord, with glorifying God, with praising Him, you know, with blessing, um, with, with, with saying a blessing to Him, like blessing Him for who He is. But then this so quickly talks about forgetting not all His benefits, Amen. And what follows then, that's in verse two, and what follows then is just this list of the benefits, you know, the benefits that come to us from God. You know, we have very, I don't know what to call it, worldly definitions of benefits, right? A benefits package, right? Benefits that come along with um, positions and things like that. But this is the list of benefits that come to us because of who God is. And he opens up with, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. There isn't a thing you have done, a thing that you have thought, a thing that you haven't done, a thing that you will ever do, a thing that you will continually ignore that God will not forgive when you ask. You know, we often use the phrase, you know, you can't outgive God. Amen. Hallelujah. But you also, you can't out-sin him. Like your sin can't be so great that he will not forgive. I mean, clearly we all know there are still consequences, but his forgiveness because of his mercy and his love is complete. And David, which was a man after God's own heart, which we often give a bad rap to, but he did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would only light up on him because the Holy Spirit didn't come to dwell with us until after Jesus went to heaven. But man after God's own heart shows us very clearly that God does not require us to be perfect. He requires us to be dependent. Oh, I like that. And when we are dependent on him and he forgives us, we will repent of our sin and we will do maybe another sin, but we don't just keep habitually sinning if we truly are repentant. But when you look at the the verse in verse 3 of Psalms 103 that says, and I mean, this is written by David, so he gets it when he says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. He did a lot of things. 
and none of them was beyond the outstretched, outstretched arm of Jesus' forgiveness. None of them. He forgave them of all of them and said he was a man after my own heart. And verse 4 starts out with, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Right? Destruction comes as a result of sin, whether it's your sin or the sin of those around you or you know, whatever it might be. But he completely redeems a life from destruction. So I look at that in two different ways as well. I mean, somebody who has derailed and they are just in the pit, the, the miry clay, God will reach down, pull them out, create a new creature in them, and set them on holy ground. But those who give their heart to Jesus when they're young, early in their life, are also redeemed from many things that they could have fallen prey to in the world or been trapped by things in the world. And so they've been redeemed from the destruction because they are his and he wholly protects them with who he is. So redemption in, in the aspect of like there, but for the grace of God, go I, Amen. right? Like you're living in the grace of God. So you will not fall prey to the same destruction, but you are still redeemed from the destruction. And he does that with his loving kindness and his mercies. And he satisfies you. That thing in the world that you think is so amazing still leaves you wanting more. I don't care what you have. It may be the greatest toy you've ever thought of. And then boom, you know, next thing you want is something else. And it's very evident when we see children who get amazing gifts for Christmas. And by Easter, they can't remember who gave them what. And some of those gifts they were playing with, they didn't even play with anymore. Because the human nature is to want more. But when you have Jesus in you, he will satisfy you like nothing else. And he gives you good things. And you, I love that this verse says, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. It's not to say that Christians don't grow old. We do. But there is a joy in our lives in our older age like the joy you had when you're a kid, when you're just living blissful and you have no concept that there's problems in the world or problems in your family or where you're going to get food or you have no bills to pay. You're just living life. You're just growing in growing up. And that's how this verse strikes me, is that he gives us all the things we need to nourish us and to have us be the people we need to be. And he gives us the joy and the peace that satisfies us. And we're just like living that same carefree life because we've placed all of our cares on him. I think to me, when you were just talking about that, I thought, you know, when we're children, our lives are carefree because of the care of our parents. Come on. And when we are older, we still have a heavenly father even when we don't have ours. Who is limitless. Right. You know, both of us sitting here have lost our fathers. We know that, our earthly fathers. We know the difference that makes in our lives. But the reality is, as we, as we age, it happens to all of us. And as we age, as Christians, we can have the carefree nature 
we can have the joy of knowing that you have protection, the joy of knowing you are cared for and taken care of by a heavenly father who, as you said, is limitless. Amen. And I love as we move through the scriptures and we talked about how he has not dealt with us according to what we deserved. And we talked about in verse 3 how he forgives our iniquities. But in verse 12, he says, and they've been removed as far as the east is as from the west. In other words, they're remembered against us no more. And he has you... removed our transgressions. So we are justified just as if we have never sinned when the blood of Jesus Christ washes our sins, though they were as crimson, they are now white as snow. Jesus takes our filthy works and he creates something beautiful with him because of who he is. I love too that, you know, his, in verse eight, it, the Lord is merciful. He is gracious. He is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. When I read that, I, I, I read that just now and I think, you know, that's who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, those four qualities right there are the reasons he deals with us the way he does. Amen. That Those four qualities are absolute love. And I love in verse 13, it goes back to the, as you were speaking about our dads and, and the relationship that that gives us when we have a good father. And he says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And, you know, my dad would really assimilate whatever was hurting me. Mm -hmm. And when I had my knee destroyed, I believe it hurt my parents, if it is all possible, more than it even hurt me. And it nearly crushed me. And I can remember my mom and dad at the end of my bed when they thought I was asleep, one on one side and one on the other, holding their hands across the bed over my ankles and praying until the wee hours of the morning and just feeling so helpless themselves, but knowing exactly where to go for the help. But I can remember that they felt so bad for me. And they went to the Heavenly Father to help because they understood this verse that Jesus pitied my problem. And that he was going to be able to help me. And they would take me to him. And that same love that my father was pouring out and my mother was pouring out for me, I knew God had for me, even in a greater capacity because he had more capacity to love. And I promise you, though at all times I did not take that injury the way I probably should have. I always knew the love of God and the love of my family. And it says when we fear the Lord, that means when we know who God is and we really still do something wrong, God pities us like, why, why don't you understand I and my way is the best way? And so when I see this verse, I, I see that first part of my family holding me up in prayer and, and feeling sorry for me and going to God for the help that I needed for me. But I also see 
that when I did something really stupid and my mom and dad really were trying to correct me and course correct my life, and they would look at me and say, what were you thinking? And I think that's exactly what God is saying here. He pities those that fear him. We know him, we love him, we understand who he is, yet we do something stupid. And he's like, huh, I just feel so bad you really don't understand Mm-hmm. who I am, and I feel so bad that you really don't get that my way is better than your way. And when I read that verse, and just and it really just struck me, his way is better than my way, and I need to just get on board with that. And it is pitiful when I'm not. <laughs> That's good. That's good. When we go to verse 14, verse, verse 14 says, For he knoweth our frame. And I love that because when I think of our frame, to me, our frame means, you know, our body, our skeleton, right? It's our frame. And it's, you know, he knows us exactly as we are. He created us exactly as we are. But that verse goes on to say that he knows that we're dust, right? He knows the finite nature of our frame. He knows, you know, exactly what it means to be a person, right? Jesus knows exactly what it means to be a person. He knows what it's like, but he knows our frame. He created our frame to be exactly what it is. But then that passage continues and starts comparing, you know, how God is so everlasting, but how we're not. Amen. I mean, we are, our days are like grass, you know, we we will flourish like a flower in a field, but we know that flowers you know, are finite, they're beautiful, and they're there, and then they're, they're gone. You know, the wind, I love this verse in 16, the wind passeth over the, it, meaning a flower, and it is gone. And that just makes me think of a dandelion. You know, the dandelion is the perfect illustration of it's all there when it's in that white puff ball, and then the wind blows on it, right? And it's done, and Nobody it's gone. Nobody even remembers it was there. Exactly. The place thereof shall know it no more. But it, so he talks about that finite nature, of us, but then he so quickly goes back to him. Verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his children unto children's and his righteousness unto children's children. It's not going to end. And then it says to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. We may be finite, but we're not finite when we have him. Amen. Because when we have him, our time becomes eternity. Yes, it's different. But oh my goodness, it's also better. It's also better when our earthly bodies wither like the grass, like, like the flower of the field. Verse 19, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. He's prepared his throne in the heavens, his throne over us in the heavens. So his throne is ready for us to bow before it when we get into heaven. The end of the psalm start, ends just as it started, mm-hmm. where we bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. Bless the Lord for the fact that he allows you to work for him, to do his yeah, commandments. He says, bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, those who hold him in 
you know, allow him to dwell within them and you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Right. Bless the Lord. We often talk, at, you know, working at the, the will and pleasure of someone. We work at the will and pleasure of Jesus. Amen. Yes, I believe every state and federal employee he has no, that no, in the so thing. Bad. The will and pleasure of, of, of whoever's in charge. Right. But we know who's in charge and what a privilege and what an honor it is to be able to work with him. And he closes with, bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And one thing I want to point out in that last verse is, it says all places of his dominion, that is all places. Yeah. He is God. I am so thankful that we had this time to walk through Psalms 103, and I pray that those who are listening and walking through it with us have had pieces of the scripture just stick in their hearts, and I pray that they are inspired and motivated to walk more closely with Jesus and to get to know him better, his character, his ways, and to feel his all-encompassing love. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
happy girl